Hi, I'm Jan Wadi, Features Editor at The Express News, and today I'm joined by Taste Team members uh, Chuck Blount, Paul Steven, and Mike Sutter, and we are here to talk about their new weekly series, Eat the Street. So take it away, Chuck. Well, what we're going to what we're going to try to do is that San Antonio is a uniquely um, neighborhood city in that every every particular street has their go-to restaurants and everything like that. So what we're trying to do is we're going to pick a, a section of the street. It may not be the whole street, like a street like Broadway goes forever. Like you could do. So we're going to take a section of it and identify it and go to five different places and order two or three dishes and go from that. And in the process, what we're going to do is we are going to canvas a, you know, 260 restaurants in this city that we may have otherwise never just driven past or we, we, we may not even know. So I think we're going to uncover some really, really like hidden gems and dishes that we really love. And it also allows us to, you know, like a couple of years ago, we did a, you know, 52 weeks of pizza and we did 52 weeks of burgers. And there was only so much you could write about pizza and burgers. <laughs> Here we've got this giant canvas of possibilities. And it, it really, it, it's, I can't speak for Mike and Paul, but for, you know, for, for me at least, it's like, I'm driving down the street and I'm like, I've never heard of this restaurant before. I want to go there, try it out, write about it, um, see what I can get out of it. And and it's really like an, an agent of discovery in the culinary scene. And so that's what I think is that's that's what I think is the fun of it. And Mike and Paul and I have all already done one of them. And, you know, we're going to keep keep going and going and going. And I think we're having a lot of fun with it. And I just think we're going to open up some eyes as far as what San Antonio has to offer, frankly. And, and it is wildly diverse. People have this conception of what San Antonio is. I, I don't know. Once you really start getting out there on the roads and exploring, it's just it's all over the globe. We've got food from basically every corner of the world. If, if you put the time and effort into finding it, it's, it's been really exciting so far. Now, I used to describe San Antonio as a wagon wheel with a couple of different rims, and then you've got all these spokes that are feeding it. And when I did the taco series in 2015 or 2017 that you were talking about, um, I felt like even pick any spoke of that wheel and you could get 20 to 30 taco restaurants right on that wheel. And now that we've opened it up to everybody, every spoke of that wheel is going to have something interesting on it. Now, there was a Texas comedian that years ago joked about um, if you if you really want to have a Chili's next to an Applebee's, San Antonio is for you. I think that this series is going to disprove that. I think so, too. Uh, because, you know, if you go around 410 or you go around 1604 or, you, you know, you go down I-35, you do see those types of restaurants. But when you go into the neighborhoods, it's all unique type of properties, bakeries, you know, bars, uh, any type of restaurant, Greek restaurants. I mean, we, we've hit on so many things already, and I think it's just going to continue to go. I I, I, I want to find a Rus Russian restaurant. I don't think we will, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I believe I have an idea. I, I think, <laughs> but, 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 uh, that's going to be Paul Street for sure. But no, I, like I, I, wrote, I, I love the versatility of the series. I think it's, I think it's been awesome to read 
everything that, that that we do. And the and the people that we go and visit, I mean, are genuinely happy that we're there. I mean, they. Well, and Paula, I think you had mentioned it's also a chance to revisit some restaurants. Well, the the way our our review cycle works, generally, there's there's a pretty wide gap of generally five years or so between. Uh, between check-ins with places, if, if it's being properly reviewed. Obviously, Mike's the expert on that one. But um, the, especially with the, the rate of new places that are coming on, there's always going to be a new place to review. So we don't really go back and check in with our old favorites all that often. So this has been a great opportunity to, uh, for example, one of the ones that I, I went to was a Bernie Vietnamese restaurant on Wurzbach, which has just been a solid spot for eight years. But just because of the nature of, of how we do what we do, there's not going to often be a reason to go back and just just check in, just have a meal, have a great bowl of fun and, and tell, the, tell the city about it. So, yeah, that, that, that part's been very exciting. So how do you all decide which restaurants you're going to choose on the street? Do you try several and then narrow it down to five? Do you have five in mind already when you start? I, I pretty much have five in mind when I go hit the street because what I want to do is blend the restaurants that I choose with what I feel like is the character of the street. Now you go to a place like North St. Mary's where we kicked off the series and that was pretty easy. That half mile stretch that is just jagged like a scar through the center of the city. The restaurants on that, you're gonna characterize the people who are fighting the struggle every day. Whether they just opened fairly recently or whether they've been there forever like Tycoon Flats. Um, Chad Carey and Little Death. Little Death hasn't been there that long and most of it's been through the pandemic and now they've got to deal with this. That's a, that's a natural choice for that. And then you kind of shift your mind over to, well, what are the institutional restaurants on that street? The places people have been going since forever. And even before Burger Boy on St. Mary's was a Burger Boy. It was, it was what? Was it a, uh, Whopper burger. Wh wh Whopper burger. Yeah. It was a Whopper burger. And to see how they're working their way through this horrible construction nightmare right on the heels of the pandemic. For example, they, they closed their dining room during the pandemic and just decided, man, we're not going to reopen this. We're just going to tighten up our to-go game. And now they're trying to do that with a barely identifiable, identifiable entry and exit point off of that that construction on the street. But that's the kind of thing that influences my decisions on, on where to go. Plus, I want to do what we're talking about and find a little bit of everything on those streets because that's what makes them worth writing about in the first place. Yeah, yeah, like it doesn't make any sense for us to like go to like two pizza parlors or two, you know, we, we could, we have a free carte blanche to diversify anything we want to do. And that's, that's what I think is really, really cool about it. Yeah. I mean, some of these we do have the curse of abundance. Like the the stretch that I did first, uh, Wurzbach from I ten to Fredericksburg. I, there are probably fifteen restaurants on that stretch that all deserve note. And like the the process of whittling it down. For example, Golden Walk out there is an absolute institution. Pasha is an absolute institution. But I wanted it to be able to focus on some of the places that people might either drive by, not see, it's off the road, something like that. I'm, well, it's obviously it's on the street. That's that's the name of the project. But the the places that might not get as much attention. That's Golden Walk is is not wanting for customers. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, I and as you alluded to, I mean, it's one of those things where like. Um, 
I, I guess we'd have to make the decision next year or whatever, but this, this could almost be an indefinite project because there are so many places to go and so many restaurants to try. And it's, um, you know, they, they just deserve something, you know, they deserve some attention. Uh, they're, they're all doing something right. And a lot of times you're finding out that they've been open for, you know, like I talked to a lady um, for the report I'm going to do next, which I'm going to keep top secret for right now. She, uh, she, she's had the restaurant for 12 years and she's never missed a day of work in, in seven days a week times 12 years, never missed a day of work because she takes so much pride in her establishment that she, just wants to be there for, you know, our staff and our customers and everything like that. So we're uncovering some really interesting people and some really interesting stories. And I also wanted to tell you that uh, you had asked about how we're choosing the restaurants. Part of it is whittling down how much of the street we're going to focus on at any given time. Like you don't want to take a street like Nacogdoches or Wurzbach and try to do the whole street in just five restaurants. Try to tell the story of so Zarzamara. We've, yeah. we've been doing it between that cross street and that cross street. And I bumped up against that doing uh, West Avenue for this next uh, for this next report that we do, and it's an eight mile road. And normally we're not going to cover that much. St. Mary's was a half mile, I think. When I do uh, Northwest Military, that's maybe a two mile stretch that I'm going to focus on for the first report from there. And to uh, over on West Avenue, eight miles just seemed we we probably stretched it a little bit more than we should have. But you also don't want to overcover where there are five restaurants that just have all kinds of interest and great stories behind them. And I'm sure the other, I'm sure the other 10, 15 restaurants on that street have the same sort of uh, impact, but that's not where I want to spend that time. One thing I was struck about on West Avenue was the restaurants that aren't there anymore. I went over to where Hakala was that you did that great story on when they burned last year. Mm -hmm. Well, they have bulldozed that property. It's gone. There is nothing there. Scraped clean, but there's still just enough charred embered wood underneath the rubble that it still smells like smoke. Oh, my. And then as you're standing on the, the lot of Hakala and look across the street, there's a Fred's fish fry. It's for sale. And I thought, what do you have to do? on a street to mess up bad enough to have a close of Fred's fish fry. So that was almost going to become the story. But then five restaurants emerged that told a story of, of life, of what comes next. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I got 750 bucks. If you want to pull it together and buy it, that Fred's fresh fry. <laughs> <location>. <laughs> I want to know about what some of your favorite dishes have been from the sections of the street you've explored. Like, I'm curious about the chicken fried bacon at Tycoon Flats. I've had praline bacon at Cured. I've had chocolate-covered bacon, but never chicken fried. Oh, I like that. Well, it's it's nice because it takes, especially if you're a fan of crispy bacon, it puts it in a state of permanent crispness, which if we could all be in that state, we'd be better off. Uh, but it's also playing on that if you're going to be doing excess in the first place with all that salt, fat, and smoke, you might as well take it the next step, dredge it in flour, throw it in a deep fryer, and it really adds nice texture along with that umami flavor of the bacon. Double, So you get kind of a double hit out of it. So what was your favorite on 
the section of North St. Mary's? Um, I really liked the food at Sing's Vietnamese. Um, just because um, Louis Sing, his parents are from Vietnam. Great backstory there. They were separated for a time um, and after the war and then got back together. And um, he's here in San Antonio now and he's – uh, doing variations on four different Vietnamese street foods. And this uh, this boon bowl that I had, this noodle bowl um, with vegetables was just terrific. They also had um, one with a dish with San Antonio flair. I saw the uh, brisket banh mi. Oh, the brisket banh mi was nice. I, we're so accustomed to getting barbecued pork on our banh mi and maybe a little schmear of pate or something like that. But... He really took it to the next step by adding uh, smoked brisket to it, which arose out of them. They used to make for family meal, they would make brisket because that's not part of the Vietnamese canon. So they would just make family meal and then the guys would be like, hey, can we have that brisket again? And then it was one of those light bulb moments when they said, why don't we put this on the menu and see what happens? And it took off and it's to this day one of the very best sellers. What about you, Chuck? Do you have any favorites? I, I was really thrilled with running into that. Uh, the name escapes me because it was very difficult. I, I had to like spell check it like four times. But uh, the uh, the gorditas food truck that I did, like you don't see gorditas very often in San Antonio. Was that gorditas mi torion? Uh, I think it was something like that. <laughs> but, Las Adelitas? I don't know if I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Las Adelitas. Yeah, it's always parked in the same spot, the same parking oh, okay, lot. okay, great. And they've got a simple menu, and it's like 20 different types of gorditas, and that's it. And they make their own corner flour, you know, tortilla pockets that are basically like a gordita, and stuff them full of meat and everything like that. And, you know, the owner said to me, he goes, well, he goes, because there's a lot of competition for tacos. I wanted to do something different. And he definitely did because there was a, a line of people waiting in their trucks, you know, to get it. And it was absolutely delicious. And then um, the, uh, that fa, is it fa, fa la, P-H-O. Oh, fa. Fa. Yeah. Fa. Yeah. La. <laughs> that menu. La, 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 la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that menu was so big. There was more than 100 items on it. God. And I have no reason to believe that they didn't have full command over all of those items. Usually they say, you know, smaller menu, better food. I I think they, they just have a formula down and, and, and it works. And I've been driving by that place for years and years and years, which is, again, opens itself up to why this series is so great. I had a reason to go there. I went there and I discovered this and it was just, it was, it was amazing. I'll, I'll probably go there once a month. <laughs> and, like uh, and so, so yeah. And, uh, um, I'm, I, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a teaser. My next installment is going to be on Pat Booker Road. So you figure it out. <laughs> but, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot to figure out at that way. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one. I'm also interested in a couple of the hot dogs you had at Dogfather, too. The uh, elote and then the uh, ratchet with the hot Cheetos. Yes. That. All right. Imagine. Okay. <laughs> imagine taking a Volkswagen Beetle <laughs> and 
putting it on an episode of uh, MTV's uh, Pimp My Ride. <laughs> That's basically what they do to hot dogs there. And it, it's like almost so ridiculous that they put so much stuff on it. There's no reasonable way to just grab it and eat it. Like it's it's fork and knife all the way. And you 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 almost feel guilty eating one, much less two. <laughs> you can eat two of those. But you know what? Sometimes you do the things you gotta do. You know? <laughs> we, we suffer for our art, I know. <laughs> so but yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a that was a good that, that that's a that was a great expansion because it opened up an entire new area of town to that business because the original Dogfather was over near uh, Almost Park, and th- this one they just opened. So you know we're hitting on restaurants that have been been around for ten plus years or neighborhood institutions, but we're we're also hitting on brand new places that, you know, might be something that's worth your time to check out. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Paul? Man, uh, this, so I chose this stretch of Wurzbach primarily because when I first moved to town, um, I stumbled upon Alibaba uh, International Grocery Store at that corner of uh, I-10 and Wurzbach. And just in that plaza alone, there are two Mediterranean restaurants, a, a Turkish coffee shop, a hookah bar. I mean, I could have done this whole story in that that one parking lot. Um, but I, I, I love those particular kinds of flavors. And one of the new restaurants over in that plaza, well, relatively new, it opened during the pandemic, uh, Zatar, uh, Zatar Lebanese Grill, focused specifically on Lebanese food. Uh, they did a what they call the big mezzi. It's a but it's a big platter full of of your your Mediterranean kind of favorites. Well, specifically Lebanese in this case, but you know, the the tabbouleh that's basically all parsley with a couple little grains of wheat thrown in there. Tons of lemon juice, just bright flavors. The the baba ghanoush that has that kind of roasted eggplant aroma to it, where they're charring the eggplants hard before that gets mashed up. And perfect silky creamy hummus. I, I just, these flavors always do it for me. And and they they threw in some. You don't see this very often, but uh, like house made stuffed grape leaves instead of out of the out of the the packages. Um, just, I, I love those flavors. Zatar really hit the hit the sweet spot for me. It's a tough call. I mean, there were there was a lot of good food there. You can walk into like Chuck was mentioning. Some of these places have a hundred menu items, and how the heck do you narrow that down? But uh, El Pastor's Mi Señor, the the taco shop. Basically, you walk in and you just point at one of two meats. I want that meat or I want that meat. And then it gets configured into to tacos or very, various other kind of forms. But um, the choices are simple there. And that, that pastor taco could have very easily been my favorite thing. But I still got to give it to Zatar. Yeah, we get so googly-eyed over the fact that Cheesecake Factory has so many things. People <laughs> just go nuts for that. Can you believe how big their menu yeah, is? No. And I just went to a place on West Avenue. Not West Avenue. Yeah, it was on West that had um, close to 300 things on the menu because they don't have just one menu. They have two. One is a Chinese-American menu. The other is a traditional Chinese menu. And each one of those, 150 things. How on earth do you train for that? How do you stock a fridge for that? I mean, (laughs) the the grocery shopping strategy alone has to be mind-boggling. Another thing that struck me and will strike me about these – as we go along these streets is places that occupy restaurants that have been many other things in their past. I went to a restaurant yesterday that was a balloon store 
Then it was a garage. Then it was an Asian grocery. And now it's a sandwich shop because why not? Yeah, I guess in a way we will be telling kind of a, a history of San Antonio's real estate as well in some of these properties. So that, that does certainly happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're like, you know, there's a vast history of, uh, you know, barbecue restaurants that used to be gas stations and uh, um, all, you know, all sorts of things. What was it? that The Hayden used to be a... Uh, yeah, that was the that was what, a boot the, store. Yeah, used to be a, they used to sell cost. boots. Yeah. yeah, they used to sell boots there. So yeah, that that's that's a good point for sure. So, yeah. Right. Well, it's just been as much fun to read as I'm sure it has been for y'all to go explore, and uh, just check out the uh, articles. Eat the street online at expressnews.com. <laughs> <laughs>